0: Okay, we are in the midst of Hanukkah, uh, so let me first uh, um, dedicate that, that this year should be a merit for the health and success of the families of Regina Bas Yosef, Ruven and Yeshaya Ben Yisroel, Ben and Wolf, Ben Zfiehash, and Baruch Ben, ben Yom Wolf, okay, and also, what's the name? Uh... So, bat, chana. So, bat, chana. Yes? Yes. Aliyah
1: neshama.
0: Yeah, also should have, also should have an Alias neshama in the merit of the year, Okay. Um, I want to continue with the internal story. It's really the hidden story. <coughs> Uh, of what I had said so far, before Hanukkah, of Yaakov and Esau. And, uh, you know, to continue the the concept, how the Torah can use the same narrative to describe the uh, revealed story, the overt story, and also the covert story, the concealed story. And uh, we see that the Torah does that And when you think about it, it's incredible. Uh, The real story of Yaakov and Esau. It's completely different than what people think really happened, you see. And I am up to, basically, where he is about to meet Esau. If you recall, he fought the angel by Yaovik Ishimoi. And he fought the angel. And I mentioned that the angel uh, was, of course the sultan, who was the angel of asaph the sultan himself, and that was the angel of asaph because uh, asaph's job, really, is that he was connected to that root of evil. And therefore, if Esau would go out into the field, into the world, that is, and remain righteous, so the sultan would diminish in stature, and power, and uh, ultimately, he can severely damage the sultan. Uh, That was Asaph's original job. Now we know also, of course, that Asaph failed, and he himself was taken over by the sultan, which is the very angel that he himself, Asaph himself, was supposed to destroy. Instead, the sultan got the upper hand, and therefore Asaph chose, because every person has free will, to ally himself with the evil of the sultan. Uh, so Yaakov had to take over the job of Esau, which I mentioned. Uh, so Yaakov basically had two jobs. First, he had his own job of bringing down holiness, right, by being immersed in the Torah and mitzvah, right? And then when Esau failed, as an of, because that's what he was, then Yaakov took over that job. And therefore, he had to go into the field, uh, namely the house of lovah you see. And the house of Loven of course, is a very, very evil and bad place. And we see that Yaakov was incredibly righteous, even in the house of Loven, right, to fight that type of adversity that Loven offered, you see. Uh, So now, but I mentioned also, if you recall, that one man cannot do two jobs, especially the job of another of Patriarch. Can't do it. Uh, So therefore, what the Bershom did is something very interesting. He decided, God decided that the first job from Yaakov, that's fine. But he would now give the other half of the job of Esav. Remember, Yaakov took over the job of Esav, but that was only for half. That was what Yaakov did. But like I said, no man can do two jobs completely anyway. So the Barasham elevated one of Yaakov's children to the status of an ov, a patriarch, you see. So Yosef, amazingly, is a ov, which is half a patriarch. In other words, his neshama was much greater than the souls, the neshamas of the shvatim. Of the tribes. In fact, that's how he was able to have two tribes. Because a tribe cannot give birth to a tribe. His level of holiness isn't that great. But if Yosef was half of an of, he could actually have two of us. Which is amazing. And not only that, we find that the symbol, there's a thing called the divine chariot, which is enumerated in Yecheskel. The book of Yeheskel, and one of the signs uh, of one of the wheels, I should say, of that chariot is an ox, and that ox represents Yosef because he was a of you see, <clears throat> a very lofty neshama, and we know, of course, that really, ultimately, he is the foundation soul of the Mashiach ben Yosef. That's really who he is. In any case, so therefore Yosef took over half the job of Esau, as I pointed out last week. So now Yaakov is going to leave the house of Lavan, right? He's going to leave the house of Lavan because he did what he had to do. And obviously he was very successful because even this Satan, the Malach, Even the sultan admitted to Yaakov, because Yaakov fought him, won, and I went into that previously, and he won, and he asked the sultan to bless him, but the sultan you don't find blesses him, instead the sultan admits to him, right, that he was victorious. In other words, he did the job of Esau, and he actually did the job. He was victorious, you see. And that, in a certain sense, is the greatest type of blessing the Sultan can give you, that you were victorious and you successfully overcame the temptations of the Sultan. So even the Sultan has to admit, right, that you were victorious, that you won. You Think about that, that's really incredible. You see, in any case, this is what Yaakov did. So Yosef took over the job, and that's why, when Yosef was born, Yaakov went over to Loven, and he said to Lavan, "You know, I want to go back and mekumi Arti, right to my place and land. And I mentioned that land means Eretz Israel, but mekumi means my place. My place in what? My place in the Teikun process, which is to bring down holiness, not to fight the Sultan." Because Yaakov wanted to go back to his original position, you see. <clears throat> and that's what he said. my place, and, uh, you know, and, and also Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> so we now find Yaakov going to meet himself. Now the Torah says on the way, by Vayishlach, uh, that Yaakov was very afraid. Of meeting Esau. Why would he be afraid? You see, because Esau, and this is a very important idea, as as we will see, because Esau really had a certain um, advantage over Yaakov, you know. He had a tremendous merit, which Yaakov did not have. What was that merit? That's the merit of keep it over aim. Honoring your father and mother. We know, which I had mentioned quite a while ago, that the rabbis, the chazal, consider the work of uh, Esav that he he performed the mitzvah of honoring your father more than any person ever, which is astounding, <clears throat> you know. And I mentioned that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the prince of Israel later on, said. That I fulfilled the mitzvah of kibbutz greater than anybody in my generation, but I found that Asov did it much more than I did. In other words, Asov was the person who fulfilled the mitzvah of kibbutz greater than anybody else. And as an example, for instance, he would get he would put on his uh, Tov or Shabbos clothing before he would see his father. That's how much respect he had. He would actually change his garments before he would go in and visit his father. Uh, so we can begin to see that his love and his respect for his father was incredible. And this, therefore, was always something which was detrimental to Yaakov and Because Asa was much greater in the midst of Kibbutz than Yaakov. Uh, you see, so Yaakov was always afraid. Now, especially, if you remember, you know, when Yaakov left for the house of Lavan, right, he was really gone 22 years, or at least 22 years, because for the first 14 years, right, he would learn the yeshiva of Shemba and I mentioned why. But he was gone for, you know, 14 years, and then he was gone for another uh, 22 years working for Lovin, you see. So therefore, he did not serve his father. Of course, it's not that he didn't honor his father. He wasn't around to honor his father. You see. So therefore, he lacked the incredible opportunity to honor his father. But Esau didn't. He lived at that time in the land of his father. You see. Uh, so Esau's observance of the mitzvah of Kibbutov. Was much greater than Yaakov uh, So Yaakov was afraid of Esau Because when you do a mitzvah. That stands for you. To protect you. You see. To protect you and provide. A tremendous merit. Uh, so Yaakov was afraid. That the merit of honoring your father. Was so great. That. <clears throat> in a battle between him, Yaakov, and Esav, that Esav would win and kill Yaakov. Can you imagine that? <clears throat> and therefore it says, "Va'yiro Yaakov mi'oid. And Yaakov was incredibly afraid. And the Targum on that spot says, Mishim yukro di'ovuho, because of the honoring of the father. <clears throat> Can you imagine that the mitzvah of Kibbutova Aim so great that one who does that actually has a tremendous merit and if he comes to battle a tzaddik imagine Yaakov a tzaddik he will win over Yaakov Avino it's amazing when you think about that but therefore Yaakov was very much afraid that if Esav does battle him and apparently Esav wanted to battle him in fact the uh, messengers that he sent which were really angels told Yaakov that he's coming with 400 men obviously to kill him because Esau was very mad that Yaakov stole the blessings of Yitzchak very mad and in fact he said to himself that we find at the end of you know, Parshish, uh, uh told us or Yitzchak or whatever uh, that let my father's you know, age you know, when he will pass away then I will kill Yaakov. In any case, uh, therefore, Yaakov was very worried because he could not measure up in any way to the measure of keep it over aim, honoring your father and mother. Uh, That's really a a very important idea. But in any case, so Yaakov was now going to meet Esav. You see, now Esav was a tremendous rusher, obviously, Tremendous. So what did he do? He had a daughter named Dina. So he took Dina and he put her in a chest. He concealed her. So when he meets Esav, Esav won't look at her and say, hey, she's good. Let me marry her. Right? Uh, So to remove that possibility, he took Dina, put her in a chest, and he concealed her from Esav, which makes a lot of sense. You see? I mean, here's Esav is a tremendous Russia. Oh. Yaakov certainly does not do, want to do a shidduch <clears throat> right with Esav. That Esav marries the daughter of Yaakov. <clears throat> Makes a lot of sense. But all of a sudden, when Yaakov did that, and he concealed Dina from Esav, you see, so the Rabbanu Shalom says you had no right to conceal Dina from Esav, this is what the Medrash says and therefore the Rav says therefore the judgment is that because you did not give Dina to Esav, instead you concealed her I'm going to allow Shechem to abduct kidnap her <clears throat> and in many ways violate her this is what the said you see now that's an astounding concept Who can blame Yaakov Avinu? Would you allow your daughter to marry a mafia gangster? Would the Rebbe have complaints against you because you didn't bring your daughter and where the mafia gangster could see her and want to marry her? Of course not. No person is going to allow his daughter to marry a character like Esau. Ah, So then the question is, why? Why would the Rabban have this tremendous um, statement, make this tremendous judgment that because Yaakov hid the daughter, right, therefore she can be abducted by Shem? Now, it's really very difficult to find anybody who even attempts to answer that question because on the surface, it's an incredible concept. You see, um, but that is the Medrash. you see. So we have to ask why. So there are people who want to look at it from a Musar approach and say, well, of course Yaakov did not have to give Dina to Esau. But nowhere does it say that Yaakov felt sorry that, for Esau that he has to do this. I mean, after all, it's his brother. And not only that, they're twins. So maybe one would ex- expect Yaakov to feel sorry for Esau that he's such an evil person. But nowhere does it say in the Torah that he felt sorry. So they want to say, therefore, that was the sin. Not that he should have given Dina to Esau, of course not. But at least feel sorry that you have to go through this action because Esau, your brother, your twin brother, is so evil that you have to conceal her so at least feel sorry for your brother anyway that's what they attempt to answer you see but the truth is there's a much clearer as far as I see answer <clears throat> which makes perfect sense you see once you understand the entire story and I will tell you what it is <clears throat> remember what the job of asaph was is to destroy the Sultan that's his job, and that's why he had this tremendous Yetzirah, as we see, or as we saw, you see, how, with that when he would go as an embryo, right, he would try to go out, and you know, and uh, go to a place of avoid the Zara. That was what's called the temperament of Yisov, you see, which I had spoken about. <clears throat> but think of this. Why was Asaph so evil? Well, he chose. But if you think about it, the reason why is because he was connected, as I said, to the Sutton, wasn't he? He was connected to the Sutton, and as a result of that, right, he had this tremendous amount of temptations. It's almost abnormal in terms of the temptations that he had, you see. So therefore the question is right that that is fundamentally the reason why you see, Esav had such a difficult time you see, in terms of fighting the Yetzirah because he had an incredible Yetzirah, you see. But when Yaakov fought with the Malach but when Yaakov fought with the Malach, right? What does that mean? He fought with the Malach, you see. Well, what it meant is what? <clears throat> is that he won. He won with the fight of the Malach. Now what that means, he weakened the satan. <clears throat> since He fought with the Satan because remember, he was taking over the job of Asaf, right? <clears throat> and this was his final attempt. To try to severely weaken the Sutton, so he fought with the Sutton, right? And he won, and the Sutton even admitted that Vatuchal and you won both of against Loven and Asov, right? You did their job successfully. Therefore, since he won over the Sutton, that would immediately have meant that the relationship between the Sutton and Esav would be weakened, wouldn't it? That's what it would mean, which is incredible when you think about that. Uh, you see, so that's the first reason, what, or first observation that Yaakov should have done, you see. And in that they weakened the connection between Esav and the Sutton who now became the Malach of Asov? Therefore, what's the conclusion of that? Amazing thing. That if the <coughs> if the influence of the Sutton and Asov, right, is weakened, therefore Asov can do tshuva. Because the temptations against Asov are no longer as great as they used to be. So what Yaakov should have realized is that the connection between the Sutton, who is the Malach of Esav, and Esav was tremendously broken, very weak. So therefore Esav is now uh, in the uh, area of maybe doing tshuva because he doesn't have such a strong (coughs) yitzhahara. So Yaakov should have realized that the second sign that Yaakov should have realized that Esav is at the moment of tshuva, repentance, right, is what? Is because when Esav met Yaakov with four hundred men, he's obviously meeting him to kill him. Instead, the Torah records that Esav kissed Yaakov, and Rabshimin by Baichoi says, Yoshai says. That that kiss was genuine. genuine. So what do we see? That Asaph had a change of heart. I mean, he was coming to kill him with 400 men. And he winds up kissing and hugging Yaakov out of the joy of seeing Yaakov Avinu. So Yaakov should have said to himself, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Right? Instead of killing me and battling me, the guy is hugging me and kissing me you see, out of joy, out of brotherly love. <laughs> so this is the second observation that Yaakov should have realized, therefore that Asa is no longer so dominated by the Sultan. And therefore it's possible, you see, for him to do tshuva, repentance. And that's incredible, you see. And then there was a third sign that Asa was at the doorstep of doing tshuva, because Esau says, Yehilocha sheloch, let that which is yours be yours. That's what Esau says to Yaakov on their meeting, right? So Rashi says, what does that mean? That Esau was saying, let that which is yours, which means the blessing that you stole, Yehilocha sheloch, that which is yours, which are the blessings, like I said, that he stole, let it remain yours, which means that Esau is admitting that it's okay if you have the blessings, I will no longer contend with you that you see, and Yaakov should have said to himself this is incredible you see, so he should have realized those three ideas that he fought the satan and one severely weakened the satan the second thing, right, is that he should have realized also, not only has he weakened the sultan, right, but Asaph kisses him when he's coming to murder him. And the third idea is Esau actually admits, what, that let the blessings be yours. <clears throat> so Asa was, as they say, at the doorstep of doing tshuva, which is incredible, you see. What then should Yaakov have done? He should have given him Dina as a wife. Dina was no ordinary girl. First of all, she was the daughter of Yaakov Avino. So you can imagine what her chinuch was, right? And then when it says, dina, and Dina went out to see the daughters of the land, she didn't go out to see how they're dressed, what the latest fashions are. She went out to, to bring Kirov, to bring perhaps some of the women like Sora to try to make them, you know, uh, believing in God. Uh, so Dina was not an ordinary girl, you see. So if therefore, therefore, had Dina married Asa, she would have changed him. Because as it is, he was at the doorstep of repentance, Tshuva. So you marry a girl like Dina, right? Who's a very strong neshama, right? She could have changed Esav and she would have brought him to do tshuva. Could you imagine what that means? If Esav would have done tshuva? Instead, what happened, right? Yaakov concealed Dina and he did not give it to Esav. And now you understand why God said what do you mean? You are holding back the opportunity of Esav to do tshuva. How could you do that? And so as a punishment, Esav would have done tshuva with Dina. And you did not allow him to marry Dina. So as a punishment, she will be abducted and kidnapped and violated by Shechem. You see. So now we understand what God was saying. Because God said, I don't understand. You see, three things happened. Where Asov, right, did the exact opposite of what you thought. And therefore, he can do tshuva. You see, but you are not <clears throat> giving him the opportunity because you concealed Dina. And therefore, you will be punished by that which transpired to Dina and Shrem. Now, the, the question is, okay, <clears throat> let's assume, and w- what is interesting is that the Torah says what, everything I just said, but not directly or openly, it says it in one word. Where is that? Because when Yaakov finally takes leave of right, of Esav, so it says, Vayoshav, Esav, and Esav returned, right, <clears throat> ledarkoi to his ways Seirah, Seir Mount Seir so it says therefore that what happened with Esav, he went back to Mount Seir, which is where he lived, he and his tribes and his children and so on Uh, now the Torah should have just said, right Yoshev, Esav, Seirah and Esav returned to Seir, that's all why does it say, "An Asav returned the Darkoi to his path, Seira to Seir"? What is this extra word, the That one word indicates what I just said: An Asav returned the Darkoi to his evil ways. That Darko doesn't refer to the journey to Seir, Mount Seir. It refers to his character, right? Uh, That he returned to being evil. Why? Because Yaakov missed the opportunity. To allow Esav to do tshuva. You see? And therefore he returned to his evil ways. Uh, And that was always held. Right? As a sin. uh, Of what Yaakov Avinu did. You see? So it's amazing that the Torah in one word. Alludes to. What the actual sin of Yaakov Avinu was. <clears throat> now we can conjecture and say, well, why didn't Yaakov Avinu see this? We don't really know. We're not talking here about an average person. Uh, we're talking about the Bechir Ovis, which is, he is the greatest of the patriarchs. And we're talking about a person that we cannot even really imagine what his righteousness was, what his holiness was. We, we, we have no concept of who this man was, right? So why didn't he see this? It's unknown. We don't know. We do know that he didn't see it. I suspect, you know, this is conjecture on my part, that maybe he was very angry at Esav. Why? Because Esav caused him a lot of problems, you know, a lot of problems. He wanted to kill him and so on. He was very bad to him, uh, whatever, and therefore Yaakov had to flee because of Esau's wrath and so on, uh, maybe that prevented him from thinking about having his daughter marry Esau. Maybe. We don't really know. But it is interesting that the Torah alludes to the whole story in one word. Now, <clears throat> the question is, <clears throat> why was the Reboshim so angry? Okay, it's true that he didn't do tshuva. Right? He didn't repent. But it's interesting to conjecture. What happens if Esav had done tshuva? Let's see the opposite side. What happens if Yaakov would not have concealed dina, right, in a chest? And let's assume Esav would have seen her and said, you know, wow, I want to marry this girl. She's an unusual woman. And let's assume he would have married her. What would have resulted well, let me tell you what would have resulted. Incredible material. <clears throat> First of all, we know Asa became a Russia, And because of him, right, ultimately, he gave rise to the Edomites. Right? Asa is Edom, and he gave rise to the Edomites. Right? And so on. And Edom, they gave rise to who? To Rome. Right? they gave rise to rome rome the terrible country or uh, empire that ultimately would destroy the besamingsh and murder millions of jews right ah, so if asof had done chuva guess what there would be no rome you see because nobody would represent asof because he's a tzaddik he did chuva So that's the first incredible, significant change of history, especially vis-vis the Jewish people. The second thing is if Esau would have done tshuva, then the power of Esau, remember, he he was a very powerful person, as I pointed out, that he was able to do, keep it over aim, the greatest of all in mankind, right? Even though he was an incredible, arrogant person, you see? And therefore, for an arrogant person to subject himself to submit to authority is incredibly difficult. So, Aesov had tremendous powers, abilities, skills. Uh, so, he used it for evil. But if he had done tshuva, then he would have done what? He would have used it for kiddusha, for holiness. So, we would have the power of Esau, right? His characteristic power and so on in the, in the service of holiness and righteousness so that obviously never happened because he never did Shuvah so that is a second thing that would have happened <clears throat> right <clears throat> then a third thing imagine if he had done Shuvah, who loved him tremendously, Yitzchak it says in the Torah that Yitzchak loved Esav, and I and I said why Because Esau had the same job as Yitzchak and that is to fight the satanic influences and temptations if you recall so therefore, right imagine how joy how joyful Yitzchak would have been had Esau done Tshuva the son that he loved actually returned to him, returned to being God-fearing, right and observing whatever mitzvahs they were doing What joy, happiness, that would have done to Yitzchak. So therefore, in one fell swoop, as they say, uh, Yaakov would have done the mitzvah of Kibarov Aim, you see, tremendously. Because you know what it is to make your father happy, joyful, right, and so on? Unbelievable. So that's what would have happened had Esau done Shuva. And that would have meant that Yaakov is not subservient to Esau in terms of honoring your father. On the contrary, he would have brought incredible honor to his father by making his son, Esau, religious. But that never happened, you see. So that's another idea, you see. And not only that, what also would have happened had Esau right uh Danchua. Well, Dina was abducted and violated by who? By Shrem. And she had a daughter. Yes. Her name was Osnas. Osnas was a daughter that resulted from the union of Shrem and Dina. And there was a tremendous embarrassment because she was the product basically of a rape. You see? Uh, so somehow they got Osnas to go to Egypt and Osnas was in the house the Chazal tell us she was in the house of Fotifra yes and when Yosef saw her he saw that she had some type of a necklace that had some Jewish symbols and she told him who she was so he realized who she was uh, that really her mother is Dina guess what Yosef at Tzadik married her Because she was Jewish, you see. So could you imagine that Osnas, instead of being born from Shechem, right? As an abduction of Dina, right? She would have been born to Esav and Dina. Because Esav would have married Dina. He would have been righteous. And he would have had Osnas. So therefore Yosef would have married Osnas because that's who his intended mate was. Isn't that interesting? that means that Esau would have been the father-in-law of Yosef HaTzadik, right? Because his daughter, between him and Dina, Osnas, married Yosef. That means Yosef would have been the son-in-law of Esau. And what would that have meant? That Esau himself would now be back in the Parsha, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, agency of Mashiach ben Yosef. Right. That also would have happened had Esav done Chuva. They would have married Dina. They would have had Asnas. Yosef would have married Asnas because that was his intended match. And therefore, as I said, Yosef would have been the son-in-law of Esav. Esav would have been the father-in-law of Yosef. And therefore, Esav's power to battle the Sutton would have been reclaimed that means Asif would be back in the Pasha, right, in the area of Mashiach ben Yosef. Could you imagine all of this, right, would have been accomplished I had Yaakov not concealed Dina, you see? It's astounding when you think about that. And now you understand why God was so irate in that sense, Kavayochal, right? Because look what would have happened had Esau done Shuva. No Rome. No Besamigdus destroyed. No persecution and slaughter of the Jews. Without Rome, right, this would not have happened. The power of Esau in Kedusha would have been enormous, right? And not only that, Yaakov would have had tremendous kibbutz over aim because he would have brought incredible joy, right, to Yitzchak. And also, right, Yosef would have been the son in law of Esav together with Dina because he married Osnas, right? And Asa would have been his father in law. And therefore, Esav would have come back in the section, in the area, the Pasha in other words, of Sheikh bin Yosef. Could you imagine all this was missed? Because Yaakov concealed Dina from Esav. Isn't that interesting? And now we understand the judgment of God, you see. It's not merely that he missed an opportunity to bring Esau back. It was much, much more devastating, you see. <clears throat> and therefore, with all of this, we can now understand, right, something else, you see. Because it says, Yaakov, And in the next parsha, and Yaakov dwelt. Right? So the Chazal learned that what Yaakov wanted to do, you know, he he left Lavan and came home, right? He left Lavan, like I said, he came home. What did he want to do with the rest of his life? I mean, he still had a long way to go, right? So what is interesting is that he wanted, in a certain sense, relax. Vayeshav, and he wanted to dwell, means, and, you know, b'shalvah. He wanted to take it easy, as they say. Because he had done his own avuidah, which is bring down holiness. He had accomplished and achieved the feat of taking Esau's avuidah, right, to subdue evil and destroy it in that sense, right? So he now wanted to just go home and go back to his avuidah and relax, right? That's what he wanted to do. So God said, and the Chazal bring this down, where God says, it's not enough that you'll relax in the future world. You want to relax here also? You see, that's what God said. You know, like I said, you know, in Oilem Habo, which is eternity, you will relax. Then that's okay. But you're not going to relax here. Of course not. You've got to continue doing your Avodah, your service to bring the Tikkun. You see? So the question is this. This makes no sense. What? Of what Yaakov wanted to do. What do you mean Yaakov wanted to relax? Tzadikim don't relax. They're busy doing God's job. Right? The task of God to bring the Tikkun until they die. There's no such thing as a vacation. Any tzadik is like that. You don't, They don't take vacations and relax you see for the rest of their life because they've already done their major work. No. They continue on and on until the end. So the question is, we're not talking here about some tzaddik or whatever. Uh, We are talking about Yaakov Avinu. So, Yaakov Avinu, how can he have this thought that now he can relax? You see? And therefore it says, Chazal down that God said, you want to relax? You're not going to relax. Because I'm going to bring the tragedy of the kidnapping of Yosef. Uh, you're not going to relax, right? And you're going to have to suffer for the fact that he's missing for 22 years. That's how long, you know, Yosef was missing. Actually, it's longer because you have to uh, um, talk about the uh, the concept that y- Yosef, uh, that, uh, that Yaakov learned in the yeshiva for an additional 40, 14 years. <clears throat> But he wasn't punished for 14 years, right? He was punished for 22 years. That is the time, you see, uh, that Yaakov did not serve his father. So, as I said, Yaakov wanted to relax. And God said, oh no, you're not relaxing. You need to still do the job. What job? And why would Yaakov think of that? And the answer is, he didn't want to relax. What he wanted to do is relax from doing the job of Asov, Because he had done the job. So he doesn't have to continue with that. That's what he wants to relax. You see? And now that makes sense. So what did God mean? He can't relax. Because what God said is, wait a minute, you know, you failed to bring Aesop to Tshuva. And therefore, the fact that Asov has unbelievable mitzvah of honoring your father, Kibar Av, which is a very big detriment to you, right? You can't allow that to remain because that will make you and your descendants always vulnerable to what? To the fact that he's much greater than you and keep it you see? So what God said is no. You need to remove that vulnerability, right? That his mitzvah of keep it is much greater than yours, right? And how do you do that? How? And the answer is because you will be punished measure for measure. Just like you failed to serve your father, basically, for 22 years, right? And then will, not Aesop, Yosef will, will, will not be at your side to serve you for the same 22 years. Because that's how long Yosef was gone, right? Until he saw Yaakov. So that was the measure for measure. You see, so God said, you can't relax. You need to remove the vulnerability of what asaph has over you. Because it has it not only over you, but he has it also, right, over beside yourself. He also has it over your descendants. And you cannot allow that. Uh, so you still did not finish the job of asaph So how can you relax? Except the job of asaph isn't to fight evil. It's to remove the fact, the weakness that you have, the vulnerability you have toward Esau's incredible merit of keep of over him. You see? Very nice. It really answers the question beautifully. So therefore Yaakov, in that sense, would have to witness, right, the abduction, the kidnapping of Yosef, which of course he did not know. He thought Yosef was dead. So his suffering by the fact that Yosef, right, uh, was gone for 22 years is an atonement of Asaph's great mitzvah of Kibbet and it removes the vulnerability of Yaakov Avinu. And in fact, what is interesting is that when uh Basosha, when she told Yaakov Avinu that Yosef Chai, that Yosef still lives, you see, it's interesting how she said that to him. Uh, that he still lives. She didn't say it because they were afraid that Yaakov, if he found out that Yosef was alive, a guy can have a heart attack after so many years of thinking he was dead. So she actually came to him, she sat down, and she sang that Yosef, o Yosef Chai. And what she did is she brought such joy to Yaakov Avinu that he blessed her never to die. And she is one of the few people, Serach Bas Asher, who never died. Right? She went into heaven alive. Just like Eliyahu, and just like Hanoich. Right? She never experienced death. You see? So therefore, this is what happened. So it says that after he found out that Yosef was alive, he was now going to go to Egypt to see him, like he said. He wants to see his son Yosef before he dies. You see? So what does he do? So on the way, it says that he built an altar, a mezbarch. To who? To the God of his father. You see? Who is what? Yitzchak. Why make an altar in the memory of his father? You see? Because he realized that the reason why Yosef was gone for 22 years, I mean, there are many reasons, but one of them is to allow him to atone for the fact that he did not serve his father for 22 years. It's amazing. And that's how the rabbinic took away the claim, the merit of Esav against uh, Yaakov. In other words, his sin of not of neglecting his father for so many years needed a kapora, you see. So therefore, this is what happened in terms of Yaakov. He actually made an altar and dedicated the sacrifice to his father, not Avram, but his father, right? Yitzchak, because he realized that he was remiss in Kibbutz aim. Very interesting concept. And that was the avodah, the work that Yaakov still had to do in the area, right, of the work of asaph right? He had to take away that uh, ability of asaph to, you know, in many ways um, be much greater because of over Aim. <clears throat> so far we see that Yaakov missed the opportunity to have asaph do tshuva. I went to, through the concepts of what that could have meant what would have resulted and why it was really a sin and therefore what Yaakov had to do to overcome the vulnerability that he had with the fact that Esav was so great in honoring father and mother, you see. And I will continue next week uh, with the ongoing story of Yaakov and Esav which is really fascinating and then we will go more of course into Yosef and what he's about. And look, all of this is uh, basically very fundamental to the whole Tikkun process. Because it means that the job of Esau has an answer. It's Yaakov and Yosef that complete the job of Esau, which is a critical job for the Tikkun process. You see. Okay, any questions?
1: Yes. So, um, you know we say at the end of time, um Aesop does chuva the, the right. sub of Aesop does shuvah.
0: so right that's does, where I'm next. I'm up to that part right. uh, you know had asev done uh you know trump i'm up to th- I'm up to that part go, go ahead. Well,
1: yes, that's that's my question because let's say Esav does, does, does do does do chuva it's a two part okay. question one, does he take back? his um, role in bringing the Mashiach ben Yosef?
0: Say, can you say that again?
1: Okay. So b- b- when Asav gave away his job, he technically gave away the Mashiach ben Yosef, that whole job of it. Right. So when Esav, uh, the Tav Sheba in our time does Tuva, does he take back the ability to bring forth Mashiach
0: Ben Yosef when Asa does does shuria, does he take back the ability uh, no once it's gone it's gone he had the opportunity you see so in that sense he doesn't take it back but he is part of the assistance in terms of the in that process in other words the process really is the process of Mashiach Ben Yosef right In fact, that's really, if you think about it, I'm going to get to that next week, Trump, Trump who's an incarnation of, uh, I will mention next week, Marcus Aurelius, who's really a Gilgal evasive. if you think about it, who is he battling? Trump is battling the Sutton, you see. Why do you think everybody hates Trump so much? Because the real battle, the Sutton is dying. And Trump now is the greatest threat to the sultan. But wait a minute. How could Trump be a threat to the sultan? Because Trump is ace of doing tshuva and therefore in a certain sense that's back into the subject of what? Of Mashiach ben Yosef or I should say the Mashiach of Edom. So the Mashiach ben Ed, of, of, of Edom, of Eddaim in many ways is a sub division of the Mashiach bin Yosef. And that's really what's happening. People don't realize that. Does anybody ever ask? This whole thing is insane. Whoever heard that people hate Trump? It makes no sense. I mean, you want to disagree with his policies, fine. But they don't disagree with his policies. They hate his guts. It's a visceral... Abnormal hatred, you see, because the war is really Trump against the Sutton. And the Sutton is using his minions, all his people, to destroy Trump. Because if Trump, which in a certain subset is in the union of battling the Sutton, right, then what that will mean is the Sutton ultimately, the, the, that Trump will assist the Jews to do tshuva. And that is the worst thing you can do for the Sutton. So really, when you think about it, had Esau done tshuva, then he would be back. He would have been back in the Parsha of battling the Sutton, You see? Because the relationship between Aesov and the Sutton didn't really change. You see? So now that Trump is the tshuva of Aesov, because that's really who he is, he is battling the sultan. Who is the Sutton? The sultan is behind the incredible gut, visceral hatred of Trump. So in that sense, Trump, who is the Mashiach ben Edoim, he's the Mashi- Messiah of Edoim, of course not of Jews, but of Edoim Esedun Tshuva, right? He is battling the sultan for survival. So isn't it interesting that there was an interlude, right? That uh, Esau did not do Tshuva, right? So there's sort of like an interlude of almost 4,000 years, right? So finally, sort of like the far descendant of Esau, Trump, he instead is battling the Sultan. And that's really what we're watching. That's why this whole business is abnormal. We've never seen anything like it, you see? They just can't stop trying to destroy Trump. You know, I mean, today, there's uh, the January 6th committee, which is an absolute farce, right? For anybody who understands what's going on, they just voted, right? And there was no opposition, right? Uh, To have a criminal referral to the Department of Justice against a president, a former president, which never happened before. No president was, uh, you know, a recommendation to, uh, for a criminal reference, and it was done today. It's unbelievable what, what's happening to Trump. Uh, it makes no sense, but that's what you're watching. You're watching Trump, who picked up, you know, as they say, the gauntlet of uh, the flag, right, of the union of Ben Yosef, you know, because he's a Mashiach of Edoim, right, he's the guy of Esau, that is battling the Satan, in today, right, December 19th, right, 2022. Uh, and that is what Esau would have been doing at Hidun Shuvah. Isn't that amazing?
1: But don't you always say that, um, the, let's say, like uh, the Goyim, they, they plan something out and Hashem says, oh, that's what you want to do? And then he uses that plan for their demise. Right that whole January 6th thing is really um, Hashem's going to use it for Biden.
0: You mean to get rid of Biden?
1: Yeah. Like let them do everything with the plan in their mind to do it against Trump. And then when it's done, last minute Hashem, uh, you know, sets things in motion for it's really for Biden.
0: Yes, right. It's going to be turned around. Right, yeah. And I'll tell you something now. That is... Why probably, although I'm not saying it definitively, but that is why probably Trump will win in 2024.
1: Amen. One of the
0: main reasons is because he is basically, as I will say, he is an incarnation, of Gilgal of Marcus Aurelius Antoninus, who himself is a Gilgal of Asav, but they are the products of Aesov that do tshuva. Uh, And since he is the soul that was picked for this mission, clearly then, I feel anyway, is that he will win the election of 2024. Somehow something will happen where he will again win, just like the first time he won. It was a miracle. He will win the second time because if you think about it, that's really his mission. So he has to be involved in the presidency. And then, hopefully, what that will mean, not only will he restore America to its greatness, but what's more important, right, he will destroy the Democratic Party. He's going to go after the deep state like you've never seen anybody take revenge. That's what he's going to do. <clears throat> and he's going to continue the Abraham Accords. He's going to move the power of the, use the power of the presidency to move everything forward. That's what really looks like is going to happen. You know, <clears throat> and because he is the person, that's his mission. So, therefore, how could he not be the President of the United States 2024? And you should know everything is nothing more than a cover up. <clears throat> you see, it's like the Revolution wants to hide this from the Sutton that Trump can be the President, so the Sutton maybe will stop trying to destroy him just trying to destroy DeSantis instead of Trump so it's all a cover up what you're watching and so on so it really should be interesting to see what the Rav does you see based on what I'm saying
1: I have a question Um, sure so Esau needed um, Dina in order to help him to do t'shuvah right
0: yeah, Dina would have really finished the job.
1: Okay, so does Asav now, in our times, the Tov Shabayisav, which you say is Trump, does he need someone to push him in the direction of Tshuva, like a Dina?
0: Well, I mean, he's married to well, what's her name again? Of uh, whatever her name is Melania. Uh, Melania.
1: Melania. I mean, I
0: don't. I have no idea who she is or what she is. No, but
1: that, It doesn't necessarily need to be a wife, but I'm saying, do they need that that Whatever, the soul of that person to, get, to push them in that direction.
0: Not, not necessarily. Why? Because in the time of Asaph, right, Dina would have helped Asov do tshuva. But Trump already is in the Sadhatoyev. He already, in a certain sense, has done tshuva. He's already on the side of good. So why would he need a, a woman to help him do tshuva? You see what I'm saying? There's a tremendous difference between the two. So it's not necessarily true because, like I say, he's already gone over the hurdle of doing the right thing, you see. It should be fascinating to watch. But at least you know what is going on from the perspective of heaven. That's what's fascinating. And how it all harks back to Esau doing tshuva. You see, it's astounding how what is happening now, is nothing can be understood and explained by what happened almost 4,000 years ago. You see, that's why if you learn Chumash this way, we're not merely learning Chumash, right? We're actually learning the divine plan itself and how it expresses itself in 2022. It's amazing. You see. So,
1: why did Hashem, I mean, He technically really punished Dina very harshly. Her, herself. Yes.
0: <clears throat> right.
1: So, so why? I mean, what did she do herself? <clears throat> that well, Zang- she,
0: what she did was she probably should not have gone out. You know?
1: But you said she was <clears throat> in Kiruv.
0: That may be true, but who says that Kiruv was permitted at that moment in time? You see... Because, look, a woman has to be careful doing Kirov. You know what I'm saying? And at that time, the, the, you know, the world is steeped in Avedes You know what I'm saying? And you have to remember, Sarah did it because, you know, she was with Avromavino, And he could protect her. You see? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and Avromavino was the real the person who was doing the Kirov. And she probably assisted him. You see, Dina didn't do that. Dina went out by herself. And that could be very dangerous. So really she was not permitted, as far as I understand, she was not really permitted to go out, even if it was for Kirov purposes, because she, did, she went out alone. She didn't go out with anybody to do Kirov. You see, where Sarah worked with Avraham So that's a different story. So maybe that is what the, uh, so that produced a kitrug, a prosecution against Tina. You see? So that together with Yaakov's sin, which we clearly see he did, or else why would he be punished? So they both suffered in the same way. You see? Right.
1: That's why. You know, I, I understand everything you say and I believe everything you say, but Again, Yaakov was such a big tzaddik. Esau did murder. He raped the bride. He gave up the birth. He did so many sins that Hashem took Abraham's life away five years earlier so he wouldn't suffer. Right. I, I don't blame right. him for putting the
0: girl in the box. See, what was the last statement you said?
1: She doesn't blame him for putting Dina in a box.
0: Well, that that's thats the tremendous question. You know, On the contrary, you know, uh, but but one thing we see one thing is clear that God did say this the, the Medrash Rabba says this that God said you were wrong in doing this and therefore you together with Dina will be punished uh, so we would never have said that but God says this so automatically we realize that Yaakov did sin you see now the question is we got to figure out why? like I said who would want to marry their daughter off to some mafia gangster? That's what we would say, uh, but the truth is like I'm saying. Look, I enumerated what the advantages would have been had Esau done Shuva. I gave a whole bunch of them. I see.
1: But, but we didn't know, we don't know, how does Yaakov know for sure that Esau would have done Shuva?
0: Well, look, uh, the God obviously held him responsible. No, it wasn't a matter of that. <clears throat> Esav was doing tshuva. It's not a matter of Esav is going to do. The fact he that married he, the
1: <laughs> because no, I know, but
0: uh, he was. You <laughs> see, that's the understand. It's not that he could have done tshuva. He was when he said to Yaakov, "Yehilu you can keep the brachas." What do you mean? You're coming to kill me. So why are you okay with that? That is tshuva. When he kissed and hugged him, that is tshuva, right? He I I didn't hear you. What? Esav said we'll share olam haba and this world together. That's what he told Yaakov. Fine, but Yaakov doesn't want that from Esav because Esav can always revert. <laughs> you know, but that's an important idea. That Esav did tshuva, not completely. So Dina could have had him do tshuva completely. But the fact that Esav is coming to kill him with 400 people to kill him, and does this? You see? So Yaakov said, wait a minute, this guy's doing tshuva. So let let me give him the right tshuva. You see? And Dina was that type of person. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) That have told him in a prophecy. I, I, I didn't hear you. What? So, why didn't Hashem tell Yaakov in a prophecy? Why? No, because not, the Rosh does not say everything, even in the Novi. A Novi is not privy to everything. He's only privy if God wants him you know, to know. But in this case, clearly, he wanted Yaakov. Yaakov had free will. He wanted Yaakov to figure it out himself. Not where he would be told, you see. In other words, Yaakov had free will. And he should have exercised that free will to realize. But he was obviously prevented, as I I attempted to explain. Rabbi, what about the Mishnah that says that when Esav went to kiss Yaakov, he went to bite him in the neck to kill him? Right. So that's an argument. Wait, that's an argument. That's true. That is true, but Rab Shimon Ba Yehoy says that that kiss was a true kiss. He argues, so I am certainly interpreting it based on his statement. You see, but even if he meant to kill him, right? And then Yaakov's neck would resist the bite. You know, for some reason between that, between that and what Esau said, is tshuva. So why should he say Yehiluk that doesn't make sense. It contradicts what he was just trying to do. So maybe he realized, wait a minute, why is it so hard to bite this guy, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe God is protecting him. Look, Asa was a very brilliant person, but clearly there was a change, you know, between the two. Uh, so there is an argument: was that k- kiss genuine or not? Rab Shimon Bai says it was genuine. So with him, we have no problem. But even going the other one, right? Asaph obviously changed his mind. Because that's why he's coming to kill him. Because he stole the blessings. Meanwhile, he said, you can keep it. You see? So clearly, he realized when he tried to bite him, and I think his neck turned to stone or whatever, right? And he must have realized something. That, wait a minute. God is protecting him. So maybe I'm wrong. Whatever it was, clearly he was open at some point and in some degree, to do tshuva, you know? That's what we see.
1: But Rabbi, he, he didn't really have real tshuva. When he went to Seir, he called it Seir to remember that he, uh, the, the Yaakov used the hair of the goat to take the He called it Edom to remember he got uh, <coughs> scammed out of the birthright with the lentil soup, the red soup. He always had red points. point. It was not real tshuva.
0: But there was a point in time, right, that he did change his mind. There was. There
1: we was see that from the Torah. Mind. There, was an, there was an opening.
0: Right. There, there was. An
1: was. aha moment. He had an aha moment and it.
0: Passed. Right. Right. And it passed. Because Jacob failed to use that, as you say, the aha moment. That's clear. Or else why would he ever say? I mean, you're coming to kill him with 400 people. And all of a sudden, don't bother? You can keep it? Why? That, that, uh, you know you know what I'm saying? So therefore we see clearly that he did do tshuva. And Yaakov should have asked himself, why? And he should have realized, because Yaakov beat Esav's malach. And therefore the hold that the Sultan had on Esav was severely diminished. That's what he should have realized. You see? Uh, Because that's exactly what happened. You see?
1: So bottom line, what we learned from the story... Is that a woman could really change a man.
0: (laughs) You know what they say. Yeah, if a man marries... If a man who's not religious marries a religious woman... He will become religious because of his wife. Right? But if a woman... Is not religious and she marries a religious man... He will not be able to change her. That's what they say. Look, a woman has a very strong influence on the husband. You see? You know, a woman have their ways and so on. And, uh, and this is what you see. You know, if a woman is religious, she may often has the ability to get her husband to do tshuva. And Dina had more than that. Dina was not just a woman. She was what's called the Yatsunas. She was a, a woman that goes out to actually. She's a, an assertive, right? Woman. And she goes out to try to bring other people back. Look, Dean is a very powerful figure. You know? Anyway, this partial really teaches us a great deal. Yes. Yeah. Even today, it's amazing that Trump picked up on Aesop's job. He's nothing more than a a continuation of what Aesop could have done 4,000 years ago had Yaakov realized that Aesop is doing tshuva in a certain degree. It's really an amazing idea. Because don't fool yourself. What we are seeing now that is happening to Trump is a satanic attempt to destroy him. Because if Trump wins the presidency, he will severely destroy the the, uh, Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party is the firstborn of the Sutton. That's who they are. And the Sutton, of course, does not want that. He needs a Democratic Party to destroy America, to destroy the entire world. Because America is the beacon to the entire world. And that is what's happening. So in a certain sense, Trump is the most dangerous man alive to the Sutton. You see? So he's got everybody in a psychotic rage against Trump. Because that's what the Sutton is doing. Amazing, when you think about it. Because none of this is normal. None of this. Okay. Rabbi. Rabbi. Yeah? If- yes? Esav what?
1: She said, if Trump is Esav, who is Yaakov?
0: Who's but Yaakov? Yaakov doesn't
1: need to come back.
0: Yaakov doesn't have to come back. Of course not.
1: Only Esav does.
0: Esav has to complete his tshuva, not Yaakov. Right. And,
1: and right. she said, Yo- right. and Yosef.
0: Well, the uh, truth is, in Chesim Esam, they all come back. Right, So you know.
1: that's after everything's done with.
0: Right, yeah. But Asif has a, he, you know, like I said, you know, God said, and I'm going to bring this out next week, and by Trump, that uh, God said... Tell you, why? The
1: information oh, about the FBI. She, she said, what do you think about Elon Musk telling about all the information about the FBI?
0: <clears throat> well, th- this illustrates something very interesting. We can never predict what's going to happen. I mean, what Elon Musk is doing is destroying the Democratic Party. Uh, he's destroying the government agencies that they are in cahoots, right, with Biden and the Democratic Party. Now, nobody predicted uh, Musk. Nobody even thought that Musk would buy Twitter. Nobody. Uh, that's, why, that's why you can't write anybody off. But what he is doing is his revelations are destroying the Democratic Party. And the revolution, what he did also, is he allowed the House to become Republican. And they're going to investigate everybody on January 3rd. So we can't really predict what's going to happen when all these revelations come out. And they're going to do that. You know, that's what's going to happen. I mean, the next two years is going to be a circus in terms of what's going to happen in the government in America. You see, because you're going to have investigations after investigations, and so on. Right? It's going to be a real upheaval in politics in America when the Republicans take over the House. Now, we and cannot it, even predict and, what.
1: And well, now we're going to have Rosh Chodesh Tevet. Is Tevet a good month? Because no. Uh, all this is coming out, right. So, so right,
0: but Tevez, right, so Tevez is not a good month. I once gave a shi about Mehmet Tevez, It has have the same thing. So Tevez, mm-hmm. which is the month of Aesov, right, but Tevez is, um, is happening in Paschus Biketz, right, and it's also on Shabbos.
1: Right.
0: And also the seventh, uh, the Oshpizen of Yosef, right, uh, is also coming out, uh, which day uh, was it? Rashid? Yeah, Rosh this right?
1: Yeah.
0: So that that sort of that protects us. In fact, this is exactly what happened a year ago, which I talked about, right? So there's a lot of stuff that's up ahead, and we don't know because nobody predicted Elon Musk would buy Twitter, and nobody predicted that he would do this. You see? So we don't even know what's up ahead. He said he
1: tried tried to get out of buying um, Twitter and then they were suing him so he didn't have a choice. He had to buy it.
0: Yeah, you're looking at Rabban Shalom, God. He's saying, oh no, I need you to begin the process of destroying the democratic body. So he made sure that uh, Musk cannot have an exit. It's amazing how God works. What? He he lied under oath. The other owner
1: of uh, Twitter, Jack Dorsey, is a
0: big fat trouble. He lied in Congress, and he's in yeah. big trouble. Yeah. He was right. Yeah.
1: Up child, uh, exploitation. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He lied in Congress. Right. And okay. Also, look. She said, "Dr. Fauci too,
0: also in trouble." Oh, Fauci's a murderer.
1: He is a murderer.
0: Of course. He's a murderer. Because he lied. And the real way is he prevented people from taking hydroxychloroquine, right, and ivermectin, which could have saved so many lives.
1: A hundred percent. Instead, he put his agenda of the vaccines to just make more money, and that, that wasn't even effective.
0: Right. And he didn't care, because he was getting paid off, probably by Pfizer, or all, all the drugs. It made millions of dollars.
1: And, and now they, they want little kids, six months old, babies, to take it.
0: Yes, it's, or, insane.
1: it's insane. It's insane. And insane, they don't even right. get affected by it. That's the funny part.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. You're looking at the commission of enormous amount of evil. A lot of people are murderers. We don't even know if Pfizer is a murderer. Because they promoted their drug, their vaccine, when they didn't even know if it was safe.
1: Correct. You know, yeah. Now they're finding out the vaccine. They're putting in fresh blood under microscope, and it seems blood clots form
0: immediately. Yes, there's all kinds of complications when you take the vaccine. I know. Yeah, a lot of people are murderers, right? Okay. Have a great Hanukkah.
1: Thank you, Rabbi. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Happy
0: Hanukkah. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you, and uh, see you next week.